Hello and welcome into another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you Italian football fans from all over the world. Alex Dono alongside Jerry Mancini and our special guest Joe Fischetti. God, I know Joe's been having some computer troubles, but like as the intro was playing, I could see Joe in the waiting room. I could see his camera was working, that beautiful face of his, and then his face just disappeared. Joe, can you hear me? Are you there? Oh, uh, having the computer trouble. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll try it again in a minute. We'll see if he can figure oh, it out. <laughs> he's got like a hundred-year-old laptop. I don't. I don't know what he has. To be honest, um, this is. I've been through that road before, where the computer is very slow. That oh, oh, he's alive. He's alive. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> he's basically on his phone or something, but uh, we don't know what he's using right now. But uh, he's. Here, can you guys right? hear me? Yeah, we, we can, can hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. We can yeah, hear no, you. No, loud and clear. I'm uh, no, I switched laptops. Yeah, I bought a, a laptop during the pandemic, and there was none. Like there were no laptops available back then because all kids were buying them for school. Yeah. And so I got a really cheap, like two hundred dollar thing, and it reminds me every day how much I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, well welcome in, Joe. And if you guys aren't familiar with Joe's work, incredible job on the Fortsanopoly podcast. And, Joe, I saw you guys hit a milestone recently, right? 200 episodes, eh? That's right. Yeah, 200 of our sort of regular episodes because I do bonus pods and uh, Fortsanopoly Worldwide Series. So it's not even – I think it's like closer to 250 actually. Wow. But uh, 200 regular episodes, yeah. I stopped counting for this show a long time ago. I'm not Same. the sentimental. I'm not the sentimental type. I remember early on we used to count the episodes, and I think around the time we got to 100, like a little bit after that, I'm like, fuck it. We've like once you pass 100, like I no disrespect to Joe who's still yeah. counting at 200, but after we hit 100, I'm like, all right, whatever. What's even the point of counting anymore? But you know, guys, it, it's becoming uh, an eventful off season in our beloved poverty league known as Serie A. Uh, and I, I did come uh, today. Of course, you can't see the back of it. I, I'm, I'm going to spare you guys from like turning all the way around. My my vertebrae are way too old for that now. But I am wearing a Romelu Lukaku jersey. As and Joe, I'll start with you on this one. It's actually starting a few up until maybe hours ago. I was very skeptical if this was even realistic, the possibility of bringing Lukaku on loan because. For many, many days, like Gianluca Di Marzio, whose opinion we obviously really trust, had basically been saying, like, they're they're not going to be able to get, um, you know, Dybala and Lukaku. It's got to be one or the other. And Dybala, it's not done, but it's basically been pretty much done for a long time. So I thought, okay, that means Lukaku is probably not coming. I, I spoke to some people who are closer to enter than I am uh, a few days ago and they basically said to me like hey maybe like there's a chance of Lukaku but this will probably come right down to the deadline and maybe it will get done maybe not but uh, apparently Inter and Chelsea had what was described as productive talks today about Lukaku coming back to Inter on loan I think that there's about 5 million euros kind of separating what Inter want to pay for the loan fee versus what Chelsea want. I think originally Chelsea were asking for a 15 million euro loan fee. Inter were asking for five. So they'll probably meet in the middle around 10, Joe. And 
listen, um, obviously there are reasons for me as an Interista to be kind of skeptical and negative about the directions the club is going in when you talk about maybe possibly selling someone like Skriniar or, you know, they tried to sell Bastoni, it sounds like. But then I got to tell you, Joe, if Inter might be able to have all three in their attack of Lukaku, Lautaro, and Dybala next season, I can get excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if there's anyone who can make this happen, it's Beppe Marotta because the guy, I mean, he did it last season. Obviously, Inter didn't win the Scudetto, but came down to the wire, losing key players. And it looks like he's going to pull another miracle off, you know, this summer. I mean, you look at, and you know this all too well, Alex, that Inter's financial situation with the loan repayments and, and all the, the transactions that need to happen to to be able to repay those loans or, you know, that make the annual payment. That's where all these rumors have come from about, you know, having to sell a key player, maybe more, but there are a lot of Inter players that are, you know, bench player substitute guys that Inter can generate a decent amount of revenue from. And then it's just that balancing act of, okay, can we generate enough plus Valenza and, and reduce our revenue or sorry, our, our uh, salary enough so that we can bring in guys like Bremer and, and some of these other guys and still, you know, Dybala and Lukaku. And up until very, very recently, like you, I didn't think it was going to be possible to bring Lukaku back just because of how much Chelsea paid to buy him from Inter. You knew that loan fee was going to be massive. And then there's probably going to be a big uh, transfer fee at the end of the loan as well. If there's, you know, an obligation to buy. Right. Yeah. And I, I wonder I wonder how that would work if it would be like an obligation or an option. And, you know, Jerry, I know you you and I have had a lot of conversations the last couple of weeks about Paolo Dybala. And like apparently, supposedly they're still hagging, haggling over like the final salary figures, uh, which doesn't surprise me because I you know, anyone who's followed Dybala over the years knows that like he and his agents, they're not they're not easy to negotiate with. Right. Like ask any Manchester United fan because a couple of years Nobody ago, is. they thought he was coming in. And then it was like it, uh, the image rights haggling and all that. But, you know, so, Jerry, you and I, you and I are both we have our reservations about Paolo Dybala basically because he's injured so often, right? But if he becomes potentially someone to play behind two strikers or in a strike rotation with Lautaro and Lukaku, that would make me feel a lot better about that depth. Like I, you know, if, if I had to choose one or the other between Dybala and Lukaku, I would say I'd rather have Lukaku back because we already know he's dynamite alongside Lautaro and plays in a 3-5-2. So if I had to choose one or the other, I'd choose Lukaku. But even the possibility of getting them both makes me pretty damn excited. Yeah, I'll get you the crutches for one, and I'll get you the bucket for the other one for his tears. <laughs> Everyone How about loves a that? Good cry. Oh, he. Oh, yeah. Lukaku likes a good cry. The guy's a. You know what? He was good for Inter, but man, is he a fucking bitch, man? I'm sorry. He is a little bitch. Like, yo, you get paid millions of dollars to play football, okay? Like, we go to work every day, 9 to 5, 9 to 6. We bust our ass off. We don't cry. Imagine we go cry like he does. Well, I don't like it here. I want to go work somewhere else. Shut the fuck up, man. Go play your fucking football. Get better on the pitch. Prove to yourself that you can be a better player for Chelsea. You're in the best league. Well, one of the best leagues. And if you can't do it with Chelsea... I'm really curious to see how he comes back to Inter and if he can really pick up that morale again 
or is he a lost cause now? Like, has it affected his game? Has it not? I know he's comfortable playing with Inter, but it's not Conte either, right? Conte yeah. plays a different style three five two compared to how Lukaku is going to play under Inzaghi. So does Inzaghi use him different? Does it affect him? Or does it be- does it benefit him? Like, uh, at the end of the day, I'm with Joe. It, it, it's a good deal. It, it, it's it's not costing you a hundred million dollars. It's a loan. You're not you're not obligated to buy him. So I don't see anything wrong with the deal. I just don't like a player's attitude that oh, I want to go back to Inter. I don't like it here. Like I saw a tweet today. It was it was actually amazing. It was um, Kepa uh, uh, Ariza Balaga. That guy there has gone through so much with Chelsea every year, but he's never cried to leave. He's never made a stink. He keeps on playing. He goes to his game and he does what he has to. I respect players like that, and and that's what Lukaku's got to do, man. Again, like he just has to put his head down when it's not going right. You got to figure it out, man. And like if you can't do it, then like he. he like he went off Twitter, okay, and 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 I, and, I, and I get that. I know this might be off topic, but you can't you you can run away from Twitter because I agree it's it's a toxic world. But when you're on the pitch, you can't run away from that, and you have to battle that adversity. Like, and 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 with, within regards to Dybala, well, Korea needs a backup chef, so that can help him. He doesn't want to uh, leave, like, but they're trying to kick him out of the club. But he's like, you're bringing in all my friends. Well, like, already Lado there. Now they want to bring in Dybala. So Correa is like, we got the Argentinian national team here. I'm not leaving. Would you leave if you were getting paid 31 million to check if the medium was medium well rare, medium well uh, well done or well rare? Like, come on, man. I'm gonna be using those tweets all day. I don't even care if they're expired, man. I'll keep going yeah. all summer with my barbecue uh, tweets. But uh, I, I, I. I saw a tweet today about like he he betrayed Juventus. I agree, but I also look at I was thinking about it this at work actually for this pod. And and I, I'm a firm believer about betrayal. Okay. Just like Gonzalo Higuain left Napoli to go to Juventus. I didn't like that either. Um that's it's an example I'm just throwing out there. Just I mean we got terrible. 90 million euros for him. So no, you did, you did, you did. No, <laughs> rival I, I'm, I'm a, I get it. No, you're right. I'm not looking at the money standpoint, I'm just looking at that. I'm kind of realizing that loyalty is doesn't exist anymore. Like people don't care about loyalty. I think a loyalty thing is more like in the nineties, early two thousands, like you're starting to see a few players not give a shit where they go. They don't care that they have played for Roma. And I actually with Roma and Lazio, I think there's still that, that rivalry depending how long you played for either club, but it's very rare that a Pedro move would happen. But I, I maybe I, I'm old school and I just don't like when you play for the ex club for X amount of years, like Dybala did seven, eight years. I think it's hard to do it, but at the end of the day, you're not gonna win on Twitter about this argument. Your inter fans are all all of a sudden are gonna say, Oh, it doesn't matter about seven years with Juventus. Oh, he's one of us now. Hey, come here. Whatever helps you win trophies, right? So mm-hmm. I hope it works out for Dybala because as a player, I really like him. As an individual, I don't give a shit. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't care. Like, I, I, I don't care that he's leaving Juventus to go to Inter. I can care less if he went to Milan or Napoli, to be honest. I, that's just my neutral, non-biased opinion is that I don't like that that image for any player. But at the end of the day, when you have to look at it 
as a neutral, as a business standpoint, is it a good move? Yeah, it's a good move by by Inter as long as you can stay healthy. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way that I look at it. Um, and I, it might be interesting tactically if maybe they, Izagi tries more of a three-four-one-two versus a three-five-two with maybe Dybala playing behind Lukaku and Lautaro. Uh, and obviously, with if Inter can bring Lukaku back and complete the deal for Dybala. Somebody's got to leave, right? And we know Alexis is leaving, or at least he's trying to find another club to go to. He's They're going to terminate his contract. Um, and there's also some talks to me. Jerry mentioned Correa, who is refusing to leave. You, you would have to drag him out of there kicking and screaming. Uh, there, there's some talk about Jack. And even uh, one of the potential destinations I saw, I don't I don't know how legit this is, Joe, but I did see people talking about a potential reunion, Jekko with Luciano Spalletti down at Napoli. Is that even a remote possibility if it comes as well? Yeah, I mean, I saw that report today as well, and it's hard to say because we've been linked to just about every striker available. I mean, every position, every player that's available has been linked to Napoli in in one form or another. I I mean, I don't think Napoli fans would mind if that was say a Patania replacement as a, you know, second or third option. Um, Maybe a second option if Mertens leaves, which I'm sure we'll get to, but um, you know, at the same time, De Laurentiis has a pretty strict policy with players over the age of 30. So if, if he were to bring in Jacko, it's going to be at a really low wage. So then, and, and, you know, most of the players that Napoli are either talking to or negotiating with that are currently at the squad, it's all coming down to the financials. So we'll see if, if that pans out. I, I doubt it just because of his age. Hmm. Now, okay, so you brought up you brought up Mart. What do you think happens there? Look into your crystal ball. It's so hard. I mean, I think so. You know, there's been suggestions about links to clubs like Lazio because of Saudi, for example. There were talks earlier on that he was willing to take a pay cut. You know, he named his son Chiro, which is his nickname. It's a popular Napolitano name. So. Everyone thought, oh, this guy's going to stay no matter what. Then there was a rumor that he sent an email saying he wants 4 million euros a year, which is his current salary. There's been so many different conflicting reports on this. Even if you look at the quotes from De Laurentiis and Mertens, it's hard to to gauge whether they're, they're just speaking truthfully or if this is just the public negotiation because Mertens is negotiating his own contract. He doesn't have an agent. Uh, he has the help of a lawyer. Um so, you know, De Laurentiis came out and said that Mertens and Koulibaly need to choose between uh, the vile currency, which was such a, an ironic thing for De Laurentiis of all people to say, right? That, you know, they have to love choose that. between the vile currency or their love for Napoli. So then oh the other day uh, before the Poland match, Mertens said in his pre-match conference that uh, he hadn't heard from the club and he wants to stay in Napoli, but nobody's made an offer. And and I just wonder if this is just that public negotiation that's going on. They're playing these kind of games with each other. But the way that conference went, everybody kind of walked away feeling like he's actually going to leave um, because, you know, he talked about how he wants to, he wants to find a nice club and, you know, he's thinking a lot about it. It, it did not give people a, a you know warm, fuzzy feeling. And at the same time, Napoli's negotiating uh, with Jardel Feu, which seems pretty far along. He wants to go to Napoli. And, you know, from a technical standpoint, 
I think that would be a, a good player to replace Mertens with. It's it's more, you know, the the value that that player has to the club and to the fans and how much he means to the fans. Like, what would that do to the rest of the players seeing a club legend get that kind of treatment? And the same thing goes for Koulibaly. That's that's very well said. Anything, anything, Jerry, going on with Lazio these days? You were telling me uh, I haven't been following this so much on Twitter. We're after Mertens. <laughs> I'm I'm a firm believer that Sorry's gonna get him if wow. he if Sorry can that convince fit, him. Right? To, I mean, it would make if, sense if, if Mertens drops his salary a little bit. I think to at least three million, three and change. I think they'll consider signing him for a year or two. Um, sorry, I saw reports today that he is trying to convince Mertens to come to Lazio, and Sorry wants him really bad. I. So again, I, I mean, it's hard going back to these sort of conflicting reports and not knowing what it's to hard. believe. Yeah, there, it's hard. there are some things that make it seem unlikely just because, and, and Jerry and I talk about this all the time. I've been trying yeah. to convince him that Mertens is not going to Lazio, but you know, <laughs> two, two of the reasons that have been raised is that, or, or things that he's been, he's been negotiating with Napoli is that he wants more playing time, like assurances about playing time, which he wouldn't get at Lazio with Immobile being the number one striker. Not not any more playing time than he would get at Napoli. Is um, he a winger? Can he play winger? He can. Like he he did for Napoli for a while. He he has been recently for Belgium in the, on the national team. But it's the, it's clearly not his best position anymore. It's um, yeah. But that but that hold on. That's where whose side didn't play in his natural position last year and played him out of position. And we all thought he was going to play as a right back and played as a left back for most of the season, shit the joint too. But I was going to say, he was terrible. He, at it, he so was terrible, but he was terrible. But, but Husai, sorry, Mertens is not Husai either. So I think that, and he, can he play midfield as well? Cause I don't, I don't know no. Mertens inside. No, I don't think so. Only he, winger he can play or, as a anywhere false nine. He could play as a 10 or he can play as a, a winger, probably a right winger. So, uh, but I, one, another one of the reasons though, was that um, not just on salary was that he wanted, they say he wanted two years. So if you're saying, one or two years he may not go for just a one-year deal so i mean there's a lot of different factors and and i think it also changes over time right if a lot depends on the offers that are coming in going you know not to go too back but on dibala he rejected a great offer from juventus a few years ago and now he's going to end up accepting a lower salary just because the offers aren't coming in so that that affects the decision as well that's what you call bet bet model at the magic is that is <laughs> Finally, it again for less than he refused from his beloved club that he didn't really want to leave. That's that's how Pepe Monota does business. Jerry, what were you telling me earlier that uh, is Alfredo Pedula oh. is going after Ilita? What's it about? He's been ripping on him on Twitter, basically saying that this guy can't sell shit if his life depends on it. That's kind of right. the broad. That's the broad point. He's saying that he bought all these players that are mediocre i don't want to be rude and all of a sudden so you were cursing got... up a storm eight minutes ago and now you don't want to be rude well i we're on the record right i don't want to like be that guy but toddy sucks man i'm gonna be honest like he i'll say it he sucks man like i i like having you know what here's an example the korea deal wasn't done because of toddy that was done because Lotito had to get involved he had to be the third party and he communicated what he want, and Tade was the sender. That's that's what I remember from that that actual meeting. That whole deal all gets done because what Latito wanted, and he put his foot down. 
Um, I don't know what happened to Tade. People people rave about him what he did three years ago. It's not about what you did for me three years ago. It's what you can do for me now. And what he's doing now is not good, man. It, it's the same thing every summer where we're trying to figure out how do we get rid of Marici. Like, how, how can you not figure out how to sell this guy when he just had a very good loan stint with Mallorca? Like, his value should be a little bit higher than what it was six months ago. Um, Gonzalo Escalante scored five goals in La Liga. His value is pretty decent, and they can't even sell him for three million. They asked for three million for him. You know what their offer was? A loan with option to buy. Like, there's something wrong here. How can you not sell a player who just had a decent season and not even for three million? And I know that I know that teams are all poor. I absolutely agree with that. But it scares me when a team can't buy a player for three million, not 40 yeah. million. Like, there's something wrong here with Lazio and how they sell their players. I don't know if they go with dummy proof books. How, how, you know, ever seen that book, how, how to Sell to Dummies or something like that? Um, it, it's like the one with the yellow cover on it in the front, something for dummies. But um, I bought a but, couple uh, of those books before, yeah, not that one. That, yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Like, like we we, we bought, well, we signed Marcos, uh, um, Marcos Alon, well, I forgot his name now. Um, it's the guy from uh, Shakhtar. His name went uh, blank in, me, in my head now. But uh, Marcos, Marcos Antonio, Antonio. Yeah. yeah, we got him. Alessio Romagnoli, it, I think that's most likely going to happen. They, they've they upped their offer now, and I trust Padula on that one. Uh, Kanaseki is still number one on Lazio's list, but now they want a, high, they want a third goalie now because someone who is, like, in between, like, a veteran who can, who can play and kind of cover the time until uh, – until this goalie comes back, but this goalkeeper comes back. And I know that Marchetti today said that he would play for free for Lazio if they, if they were to, 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 to sign him. Oh, nobody yeah. really means that, but yeah. But he, he's a he's a club legend. Like, he yeah. he holds the, the club to his heart, and, like, he probably would. But, um, yeah, maybe. yeah it, it's I, – I, so I don't care about Lazio's market because it's liquidity index ratio. I don't even care who we're linked to. I'm surprised we even signed the player, to be honest. Like, that is already intriguing. It's, it's more than what we did last year at this time. But I, they need to sign players. At the end of the day, I don't I don't expect their market to be empty. They have to be one of the most active teams in this transfer market because and – and actually, I saw today that Strakosha is actually linked to Chelsea now, and he hasn't signed with Fulham yet. And he hasn't really been offered a contract. And Chelsea might sign him in the event that if Kepa leaves Chelsea along those lines, I saw that he could be an option to replace him as a back. But I don't think he wants to be a backup. Again, these 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 reports are hilarious because I, I, I saw that we were linked to a player that I was laughing about. I forgot who it was. Where Oh, oh um, Dondinger, the, the guy on Wolves. Um, Decker Dongding or I forget his name is Ben Donker. Yeah, we were linked to this guy, and I told the guy who reported, "I go, Are you stupid. The guy makes over four million. <laughs> I said that. I said, Are you stupid? The guy makes four and a half million a year. Like, why would you report something where we can't even afford the salary? Unless wolves are gonna. I mean, he probably he probably got it from somewhere. Yeah, Ben Donker. I'd say. Yeah, Don't shoot exactly. the messenger. I mean, he probably one one of his sources probably told him, and you reported it. No, this guy's uh. 
Elimbra, I forget his name, um, but um, he does Calcio Poli or something like that, um, Pioli or something like that. But like these guys make me laugh when I see half the stuff that's reported. And, like, by the way, I feel like if there's answers, I feel like there's anybody in here who actually understands liquidity index. I feel like Joe might be yeah, the guy. Yeah, Joe might like, be the guy. Like, yeah. I, I understand like how you're, it affects things, but I don't actually understand what it is. Well, like your right? assets, so, has, to, like, your assets has to equal your liabilities, right? IPhone. I don't know how my iPhone works. You know, it's like that kind of thing. <laughs> so all it is is it's a a metric to gauge how how liquid a club is, meaning. How quickly can it pay off its debt? And in order to pay off debt, you need to have cash or things that can be very easily converted to cash. So when you say a liquidity index of 0.6, for example, that means that you need to have, let's just say cash for now and not get too technical with the accounting stuff, but you need to have yeah. pay off, you need to have enough cash to pay off 60% of your debt, cash on hand. And, you know, and the league has been slowly increasing that to 70%. Eventually, it'll go higher and higher, meaning you have to have enough cash on hand to pay off 70% of your debt or 80%. So the clubs are fighting this because, you know, in a post-COVID environment, everybody's got massive debt. And the league imposed a rule that basically says if you can't maintain this ratio and you have to show it, then you can't register for the league. And there were a couple of clubs that were at risk of being excluded, but I believe they won their appeal, and now it's back to the Fiji Chi to appeal to the next level, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they'll they'll have another year to um, to try to get their their books in order. <laughs> Wanted to get to uh, to one more topic here with you, lads. Even though no, when I on, when Mark, I brought this up when I brought this up on, in our Alex. chat, here, yeah, I'll bring up Jorge's uh, comment quickly. Yeah, I it's it's funny how you said oh, this. Yeah, talk I about that. To, sorry, I, this is the best thing I think I did all all season. The fact that I was in newspapers because people thought that some Indonesian player was going to come to Lazio. I, I I don't know. I was thinking about doing another one actually today, and then um, it's gonna be it's gotta be only I, Indonesian I, players. I'm thinking about bringing up the same guy and saying that we should have signed him instead of Husai, and, and he, he would have cost like. Six million dollars less, like five million dollars less. Didn't even cost a million dollars. He went to the Japanese league. Uh, wow. Pratan, Pratan, I forgot his name is, but um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. I can't believe people still think that I was trying to convince Lazio to sign this guy. Like, I don't know, it was awesome. The best thing I, one of the best things I that did this great. year, and I, I, I'm, I plan on doing another Indonesian player soon with Lazio's side. That's got to be Might your well. niche. It's got to be the Indonesian beat. Like, that has to be Jerry's niche here. So, last thing I wanted to run by you guys um, is, so, you know, Serie A has been down the last couple of seasons. Uh, you know, congratulations, Milan, on your Scudetto. And, of course, in, they, they want to build on their Scudetto win, make their squad even stronger, both domestically and for Europe. And I know Maldini is very, very big on the idea that he wants, you know, just a more competitive squad in Champions League for this in last season. Um, Juventus are trying to be very aggressive, and it looks like Pogba is on his way back to Juventus. Uh, obviously, you know, they want to improve on last season's results. Fourth place, I'm sure, doesn't feel good enough for them. Uh, you know, Inter are linked to a ton of players. We'll, we'll see who they sell, but they're linked to pretty good players that they're buying. 
Uh, you know, Joe can certainly weigh in on Napoli, but Joe, with the top four clubs, which of them do you expect to improve their squad most during the summer transfer window? Like, who do you think is going to really solidify their roster? Honestly, I don't think any one is going to be that much of a standout over any other. It, it's almost like who's going to, you know, not get worse <laughs> because. I mean, Milan seems to be in a in a decent position because I think they they have a young squad. You know, they're probably on a, a reasonable salary. You know, their wage bill was one of the lowest. Uh, you know, certainly amongst the top clubs. So I think they've got a a little wiggle room, and they're they're linked to some pretty good players that can, I think, improve their squad. So I, I'd probably say Milan just for that reason. I look yeah. at, you know, Inter. We talked about the debt situation, and and it they can bring in good replacements, but like, you know, Perisic is already gone. Yes. You have Gozins. Hopefully he can stay healthy for Interisti. Um, you know, will they lose a Bastoni or, or a key player? Or they, all this talks about losing possibly a key player. So there's some risk there. Juventus will get better. I think um, it seems like Pogba is kind of a done deal. And, you know, Juve always has the, the financial might that, you know, for the last couple of seasons, they've injected hundreds of millions of euros into the club to to deal with their debt, and that allows them to be able to bring in guys like Vlahovic or whoever. Obviously, they're losing Dybala, but you know he hasn't really played a whole lot for Juve over the last couple of seasons, so I'm not sure how big of a loss that really is to them. And once Chiesa gets healthy, that's going to be big. Exactly, um, and then you know Napoli, it's again a lot. There's a lot of potential changes that could be happening over the next season or two and it's it's really the start of a a new cycle and you again like i said before you wonder how losing you know guys like mertens and koulibaly and senior is going that's already known obviously to toronto so you know that's a lot of change all at once and i am a little bit concerned that it might be too much change even though we're linked Mm -hmm. to a lot of good players as replacements like um, the player that that we've it's not official yet, but it seems like it's a done deal that we've signed to replace Insignia is a, a Georgian kid named uh, Hevicha Kvadashkelia. I've been practicing the pronunciation. I, I interviewed you, you stuck yeah, the landing. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I interviewed a, a Georgian guy about him and and I've been watching him playing Nations League and he looks like the real deal. But he's coming from the Georgian league. He played in the Russian league before that. So it's a big step up. There's just like when, when Napoli signed Osman, you don't know. There's some uncertainty there uh, as to whether they'll be able to adapt to a new league. You know, there's talks about replacing Politano with Bernardeschi. I don't know if, you know, if Daniel Lucci is watching. I, I ripped on Bernardeschi enough when he was at Juventus, and maybe this is my karma. <laughs> but, um, I mean, he would be a backup player anyhow. We have Lozano there, and I mentioned Delofeu. So there's there's and you know possible changes at center back too. But I think with Napoli, um, the hope oh, – and sorry, one other player that, that is going to be probably a big loss is David Ospina in goal. And now the talks are about extending Meret again, and, and that seems to be like a downgrade for – for how little Medet has played, despite giving being given many opportunities to earn that starting position. So I'm not terribly confident that Napoli will necessarily improve a whole lot. Um, I don't think they'll get terribly worse either. Jerry, I'll give you the uh, the last words, sir. Which of the top four do you think will improve their roster most, if any, this summer? No, they're all fucking poor, man. 
They're all poor. All of them. I've never seen Juventus struggle to sign a player either this long, okay? I'm serious. Juventus, I I, I say that with respect. Like, it's like I'm not giving them a, sh- a, a shot or anything. Like, oh, look how long it's taken to sign Pogba. Normally, this is a deal that gets done within weeks by Juventus. Yeah. And I'm in recent years, prior to the pandemic, they've always signed people on free. Rabiot took like that. Ramsey took like that. They've always been able to get their business done. It's such a struggle for every team in Serie A. Even Juventus is struggling right now. They've lost money in the last three years. Um, I know they. I'm not. I'm not the financial guy. They probably got in a plus this year in, in certain ways with the TV and everything. But at the end of the day, it doesn't offset the the, the financial loss of three years in a row, though. Like it's not enough. Like there's still teams that are recovering and are struggling to even to buy or sell, whatever it may be. Like, um, who do I think is going to be the most improved team after the Calcio Mercato? Just thinking ahead. I'll go either – can I say two teams? Sure. I think Milan or Inter. I'll go with that because Milan have they, – they, they have a new mentality. They're not – them big this might be the first summer they might be able to because of new ownership but other than that i think that even even given that i think they're going to be very careful with how they spend that money and they're not going to just blow it they they might leave some wiggle room so when they need to sign someone in the winter transfer market that money's still there that's my theory i don't think that maldini is the type of guy if you give him 100 million he's gonna go blow 100 million just for the sake of blowing it it's got to be the right deal because, like Joe said, a good sent a good tweet out where it, it, it's it's a team where they they really don't spend a lot of money right now, and, and it's because and as compared to Napoli spending more than them, but they didn't achieve as much as they did, and there are all other factors, not just money, but I think that with Milan, they're taking it a very different approach where they're growing with youth and. I think I think the Milan approach right now is the right approach because when you're broke, you need to come up with another idea of how do you become competitive? How can you sustain to be a better team? And Maldini has kind of figured it out right now where he's got a, a, a mix of veterans, youth, some guys who play hard and maybe not the most skillful players, but they work hard. And yeah, everybody in- on that team is either 20 yeah. or 40. It's a good blend. I, I'm not going to take yeah. it away from them right now. Like, and as for Inter, I'll say the one word, the one name, Beppe Marotta, yeah. best sporting director probably in in football, in my opinion. Um, the, for for a guy who has to have his back against the wall and figures it out. So I'll never doubt that guy though. And so until until he's out of Inter, Inter always has a chance when you. And right. you think they're down and out? Like everyone's criticizing Suning, okay? He has not going anywhere. Uh, let's get this through everyone's heads. He's not going anywhere until whatever happens, until someone gives I him did a good hear offer. Something today. I, I don't know how reputable this is, but I did see something today that got me a little excited that apparently, like, because of some Chinese government regulations, they may be forced to sell the majority by like next year but i don't know because people get that stuff wrong all the time and i would venture to guess whoever made that report probably some italian dude knows about as much about chinese politics as i do so you never know. i don't i don't buy i don't really 
believe anything about the Chinese market and the media and all that because, like, you have to have someone out there who's reputable to really digest that and, like, someone who has a, a strong link to that from Italy to there. Right. I, I think that's kind of weak right now. Um, I don't know what, what Suning's going to do. I, I don't I – don't, I don't really follow him. What he's going to do in the market and the media, I, I don't. Follow. I love how you say my, him. My, them. It's them, not him. Bam, him, whoever, who gives a shit? They're all they're all screwed anyway. So him, <laughs> them. At the end of the day, Suning's there to stay for another season. I, I personally don't yeah. think anyone's going to take on that debt that he has, or whatever it may be that he has to fix the club. Um, and you got Marotta, and look what Marotta's doing right now. So I'll leave it like that. Good stuff, guys. Uh, so we, we got to run because I, I I'm going to be on another stream, a uh, an MMA uh, UFC stream in about five minutes. So let me say a huge shout out and thank you to our special guest Joe Fischetti, Joe underscore Fischetti five on Twitter. Make sure you follow his awesome podcast, Forza Anopoly Pod. And honestly, even if you're not a Napoli supporter, I think you're still going to enjoy Joe's insight and what he brings to the table talking city. Uh, so Joe, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always a pleasure to chat with you guys. So thank you for having me on. Jerry, uh, you got any any stories that you need to publish this week? Because I know you got like 100 stories that you're ready to click submit on. No, I have nothing. Um, none. I just found this video of uh, Paulo Dybala and Correa dancing with two girls. Did you guys see that on TikTok? No. So I, I got Dybala my and Walk. Wow. Yeah, it's cringe. Okay. I got my newest Correa tweet now. That's why Korea doesn't want get... to leave, right? He's, he's got a wingman. He's got a wingman. So not only is he getting paid thirty-one million to check if the meat is medium rare, now he's making thirty-one million to make TikTok videos as well. You better be careful he doesn't get hurt doing all that dancing over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's him and Dibala dancing. I was like, yeah. oh, we're gonna have a four to six week injury here. Both of them. Yeah, it's oh, a good point. Uh, all right. Good. Huge thanks to everybody for joining us. We'll talk to you guys again next time on another episode of the Culture Connection podcast. Ciao. Oh, man.